I'm on. Very good. Good day to you. Uh, as we gather uh, today on this Thursday in the season of Lent. Let's open our worship together uh, by hearing from Psalm 41. Happy are those who consider the poor. The Lord delivers them in the day of trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. They are called happy in the land. You do not give them up to the will of their enemies. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed. In their illness, you heal all their infirmities. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies wonder in malice. When I will die, and my name, when will my name perish? And when they come to see me, They utter empty words while their hearts gather mischief. When they go out, they tell it abroad. All those who hate me whisper together about me, and they imagine the worst for me. They think that a deadly thing has fastened on me, that I will not rise again from where I lie. Even my bosom friend in whom I trusted, who ate of my bread, has lifted the heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up that I may repay them. By this I know that you are pleased with me because my enemy has not triumphed over me. But you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Let's stand together and worship this morning. I don't know if some of you might, may or may not know this song. It's just a great song by the group Selah. It's wonderful, merciful Savior. That was a great time for this Lenten season to sing this Merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that Lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Lord, Comforter, Keeper, Spirit, we long to embrace. You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost the way. Oh, we hopelessly lost the way. You are the one that we pray. Hunger for oh, our hearts always hunger for 
holy loving your from Matthew 26, 47 through 56. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man Arrest him. At once he came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly, one of those with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and He will at once send me more than twelve legion of angels. But how then would the Scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me, as though I were a bandit? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching And you did not arrest me. But all of this has taken place so that the scripture of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. The word of the Lord. So let's 
Let's pray together. Then um, we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. And of course, in a gathering of uh, all the different flavors of God's people, we know that sometimes the Lord's Prayer may sound a little bit different. Some of us are forgiven of our trespasses, and others are forgiven of our debts or our sins. And so just say it whichever way you know it, okay? And we'll all uh, certainly pray still uh, in unity together. So let's pray together. Oh God, we pray that you would be with us in this season of Lent. Give us steady hearts to look upon your suffering and to be able to place ourselves there in the story unflinchingly, even when the story hurts. We pray that you would renew us by the endurance that you had in those dark days. And Father, uh, indeed, prepare us uh, so that the victory that comes on the day of resurrection uh, may be ours as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray as you taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus of Nazareth was crucified by the Romans in the province of Judea while Pontius Pilate was governor there. That story is not really under dispute at all. And it's one that was told of many people. After all, the story in its simplest form is that a popular and radical leader of a rebellious province was executed by one of the most powerful empires of all time. And it could have gone down in any number of ways. I mean, there are all kinds of varieties in how the Romans had executed people that stood up against them. The roads to the cross, not just the road to the cross, the roads to the cross were many and varied for many who they saw as a threat. I mean, the Romans could have simply intervened while Jesus was drawing mass crowds in Galilee. They could have easily picked him up as he triumphantly marched into Jerusalem, that city center, entering into that place with royal pomp, which certainly would have been distasteful to any Roman soldier sitting there. And that's just the Roman side, right? When we consider the power players on the local Jewish side, I mean, they certainly had their opportunities to take Jesus too. I mean, we can easily imagine them using the power that they had and arresting Jesus in the temple or in the marketplace or in one of the festival days. In fact, the New Testament readily tells us that they considered it and they thought about it. They just didn't think that that was the best way to do it because of their own fears of the people. But that doesn't mean they couldn't have done it, right? I mean, after all, there were many other would-be messiahs that had been arrested in similar situations and dealt with and executed without much fanfare. But in the end, our story, the story of Jesus, happened differently. And the New Testament consistently describes a central part of, as a central part of that story, not just that Jesus was captured or, just that, or that Jesus was arrested, but rather 
he was betrayed. He was handed over by one of his own. And, and what I think is probably our earliest record of a story about Jesus, something that Paul, before the Gospels ever came into their forms, in, the story, in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul does something that he doesn't do very often. In chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, he tells a story from Jesus' life. He tells the story of the Last Supper because he wants to instruct the Corinthian church about their own practice of the Eucharist. But when he tells the story, he doesn't just open the story of the Last Supper as on the night he was captured or on the night he was arrested. He says it like this. On the night when he was betrayed. Because betrayal is not just an accidental detail of the story. It's right there at the center of what happened to Jesus. Jesus was betrayed He was handed over. And not just by Judas, really. The way that Matthew tells the story, Jesus is handed over. That's the kind of old phrase translated handed over, betrayed, either way. He's handed over multiple times through the story, at the, towards the end of the story, when Pilate uh, uh, sentences Jesus. The way that uh, Pilate says that, okay, or the way that Matthew tells that, he says, uh, and so he Pilate released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Of course, before Pilate even got his hands on Jesus, the Jewish leaders, the chief priests and the council, the Sanhedrin there, they also, after they had made their decision in condemning Jesus, they handed him over to Pilate and to the authorities. And, of course, Judas was there on hand in the story that we read earlier, handing over Jesus. This is the one who betrayed him in the most physical sense, famously, with a kiss. And he had sought to do that because the Jewish leaders had sought somebody who would be willing to hand Jesus over. The most puzzling of all, perhaps, in Matthew 17 uh, Jesus actually, in predicting his own, uh, all, that all this would happen, uh, says it in a really curious way. He says that the Son of Man must be handed over into the hands of men, into the hands of humans. And I th- find that to be a very curious phrase, too, and wonder if it doesn't have somewhere behind it that it's not just human people who are handing Jesus over. Does God hand Jesus over in some way too? Isn't that part of the story? See, Jesus of Nazareth was killed by the Romans there in the days when Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea. But before he was killed, Jesus' life passed through many hands so that at the end when the story had been done and when the story would be remembered in meals of fellowship and table when it would be remembered in the uh, in the gospels as they told their story it would always not be just said that it was a factor of this evil powerful empire that had crushed Jesus of its own volition but there were co-conspirators along the way Jesus wasn't just oppressively killed He was also betrayed by one of 
his own. He was betrayed by Judas. He was betrayed by the people who ruled the religious, the religious leaders of his day, the religious establishment. But in a sense, too, he was also betrayed by those other disciples, too. He was betrayed by uh, a disciple who picked up his sword and uh, cut off a, 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 one of the would-be capturer's ears on, the, in the, on that night. But morally, even more strongly, we can say that he was betrayed by those who, as the text says, all deserted him and fled into the night. It's an important Lenten reflection for us that we come into the story not just the beneficiaries of Jesus' betrayal, but we ourselves, as we look into the story, we can see that we too have a place in the betrayal of Jesus. And it's important as we reflect during this time leading up to the cross that we reflect on the ways in which our own sin and brokenness contributes to the death of Jesus. The way that our uh, own willingness to participate in evil of all kinds and sometimes our forgetfulness of what it means as right to, to live as righteous and just people. We too join Pilate and the chief priest and Peter, James, and John and Judas. We join them all in handing Jesus over. On the night he was betrayed, as if there was only one night, Jesus has been handed over, over and over and over again. But one of the most surprising things about the way that the gospel tells that story is that that surprise betrayal was no surprise to Jesus. That Jesus knew about it way ahead of time. That he anticipated that these uh, that these disciples of his would all desert him and that one of them would indeed betray him. And Jesus, even while he warned them to repent of that act before it ever happened, while he warned them to kind of steal themselves and to ready themselves uh, for that night in which they would be tested, even with all that, Jesus continued to love and teach and gather them and to call them his disciples and to prepare them for a mission that would happen on the other side of it. Because Jesus has grace even for betrayers, even for people who hold knives in our hands, ready to stab him in the back. The season of Lent calls to us, saying, see yourself in this story. See yourself in the fleeing crowd See yourself among the betrayers. But know that even as you see yourself in that story, you may also hear the gracious voice of Jesus calling you from beyond it, calling you into an Easter morning in which even those who offered Jesus betrayal are offered life everlasting instead. Let's pray together. O holy, gracious, giving God, you who gave Jesus over to to be killed uh, and 
you who have participated with us in trying to uh, teach that story to the world. You who have rescued us from uh, our own betrayal and given us grace so that we may repent and turn back to you. Oh God, would you teach us to be faithful so that our betrayals may end. And even in those days of our failure and our sin, would you give us the grace that we need to be brought back into your fellowship and to again become not just your betrayers, but your disciples. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. We'll have another song and we'll close. Sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace. That torn my heart to feel And grace my fears relieved How precious did that grace appear The hour I first believed my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love. Amazing grace Lord has promised good to me His word my home secures He will my shield and be as long as life endures. Will you stand and let's sing it together? My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Sing it again. Um, chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. 
mercy rain like a flood His mercy rains unending love amazing grace I love this verse The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine will be forever mine you are forever 